Hello, my name is Calvin Emekomoka and it is my joy and privilege to welcome you to this very special episode of your Sports Memo Podcast in partnership with Lagos State Sports Commission. This episode would have me speak to quite a number of people about their experience of watching the Super Eagles in Lagos. Because, as you all know, the Super Eagles are back in Lagos. Yep. So, I ask you, stay with me as I, as I speak to quite a number of experienced men who have great, great, great memories of watching the Super Eagles in Lagos. Stay here. I'll be right back. Yes, I am back. And um, the first person I am speaking to um to recount his um his his memories of watching the super eagles in lagos his former super eagles media officer and columnist at acsports.com doi ibitoye well my best two personal experiences in lagos um probably it has to be the Nations Cup 2000, Nigeria-Ghana 2000, um, the first game against Tunisia because of um, the tension around the Nations Cup, the preparation of the team around the Nations Cup, and then uh, the fact that um, we were just coming out of a disastrous uh, World Cup in 1998, trying to bring back Bonfrey um, Joe as coach. So there was a lot of excitement around that game. And that first game against uh, Tunisia, uh, that we won by four goals to two. Wow! It was it was um, the first time I was getting really close um, to the Super Eagles, following the build up to the game, the training, and um, the Nations Cup, and all of that. It was such a wonderful experience for me, and um, the convincing win, the performance of the team. Uh, made it even uh, more exciting for me. So that for me was um, the first one that we uh, over Tunisia. And um, the second one was still that same tournament uh, because it was about that period that the Eagles last played in Lagos. So um, it was the win over South Africa. The build up to that game was exciting. Trot Moloto uh, boasted so much. I was so afraid. Um, because you know they knocked out Ghana in mm. the earlier round true, true, true. and uh, the man said we've knocked out one co-host uh, we'll be knocking out the second co-host wow I was so afraid uh, but then then Rangida made light work of, of South Africans two quick goals and uh, we cruised into the final so it was a wonderful experience for me I felt so relieved so happy uh, that Nations Cup was the first Nations Cup I ever covered as a journalist, so the experiences were were so so exciting for me. Um, so I think both were Afcon 2000 Nigeria Ghana, the first one against Tunisia, and then the semi-final win over Bafana Bafana of South Africa. Yep, that was Toyi Ipitoye talking about um, his experiences of um, watching the Super Eagles in Lagos. Um, I'll come back to him later um, to hear um, how he feels about the Super Eagles being back in Lagos. I have to 
What, what are my experiences of Super Eggs playing in Lagos? Oh my god, how far back am I prepared to go? I um, I remember how it used to be to just the atmosphere of walking towards the stadium knowing that the Super Eagles are playing. Just speaking about it now, I'm having like goosebumps because they, 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 it was not something that was common. We, my generation, um, used to have this feeling about the Super Eagles as uh, we didn't see them as men. It didn't, even though when I, when I think about it now, these were boys, really young, young men. But we looked at them completely differently. We looked at them like gods. Um, which which ones? Um, for the soup, I, I did watch the the Flying Eagles, the eighty five and eighty seven Flying Eagles teams. I watched them, but my Super Eagle, which Super Eagles memory, I probably share like three. One I remember was um, um it was not a very nice day in August of nineteen eighty nine, and um, I remember I was getting to um, National Stadium about 10 11 a.m for a four o'clock kickoff against angola in the italian 90 walk of qualifier it's a game that i remember because we lost um samokoraji on that that fateful afternoon but they got to the stadium it was hot i swear that's something i always remember about how hot it used to be just being at the national stadium it was hot but we all stadium starts to fill up stadium starts to fill up and people will be coming in and all that i remember we bought the ticket um easily went into the went into the ground went into the stadium uh, got our seats and came back to look for food and stayed there for like another two three hours before the greater tomorrow people those kids then used to come and play um, entertainment matches before um, you know when i think about it now <laughs> those boys wrecked the stadium the pitch even more before the um the footballers will come out the, to come and play but god knows nobody ever thought about it like that wow just thinking about it now they used to wreck the pitch how can you get people to actually play on the pitch before the game before the main game but that's that's what used to happen then um yeah that day that day was a really horrible day to be honest and i've written about it before apart from all courage that died at least in my book at least 20 people 20 others died because of um um overcrowding crushing and dreadful dreadful things that happened um stephen cash is called the only goal crashing a header in as um, we won one nil in our ultimately futile effort to qualify for Italian 90. Um, yeah, that's my first experience. I'll, I'll come back with more, and then I also um, have my my guests and voice notes to share. Stay with us. Yeah, welcome back to the special episode of your Sports Memo Podcast in partnership with Lagos State Sports Commission. My name is still Calvin Emeka Omuka and it is my privilege to have you 
continue listening to this special episode of uh, Super Eagles back in Lagos. I've got um I've got a part I've got a voice note here um, from um, Kule Yusuf. Kule Yusuf is going to share uh, some of his experience of watching the Super Eagles in Lagos. I've, I've seen so many, but two easily comes to mind. But I'll just I'll mention them and I only speak to one of them. The first one was um, August 1989, the day Samuel Okwaraji died, died on the field. Um, I was in the stadium and I saw it happen, but it didn't have so much effect on me. It was much more that we won the game, but um, the death of Samuel Okwaraji killed that joy. So it's not an event I like to recall so much. Now, the one I really want to speak about was um, Super Eagles versus Togo in National Stadium. And um, Westerhoff being the coach, we had played first half 0-0 and um, the second half was going on and on and on. And um, then um, Dimeji Lawal adjusts and been invited to the Super Eagles, you know, in 1989, 87, he was under 17, 89, he had played um, in Riyadh, the Daman Miracle Group, and um, he had been invited for this Nations Cup qualifier against Togo. And um, after about 60 minutes, the whole stadium all of a sudden started shouting, We want Dimeji. We want Dimeji, and the whole place was vibrating. And that was the first time that I would see that Nigerians were uniform in their demand for a player in 90 minutes to represent Nigeria on the field of play. And the coach, West Clemens Wester, of know for how stubborn he is. Somehow, whatever he was, beckoned on Dimeji about to come onto the field of play, and the whole place erupted into a group of hey, 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 hey until the guy entered the field um we went on to win the game 2-0 dimeji provided the assist for i can't recall who scored the second goal that that is in that game the first goal i think was a penalty that steven keshi played i can't remember who scored the goal but it was dimeji's assist for the second goal we won 2-0 and um what was so much striking about the game was that um, Dimitri Lawal had, he could have had a big career, but somehow injuries and whatever, and of course, many other things may have deprived him of that career. But that day at the National Stadium, I was amazed at how intentional and how everybody shouted and the coach didn't have any choice but bring on Dimiji Lawal and he didn't disappoint the clamor for his entering the game that day. We were, like I said, we won 2-0. I remember that game every time. Dimiji is our is our guy from Ibadan too. So uh, he told us one story about that game that uh, when he started hearing his name, then he never thought that he could ever panic, that he panicked. But one thing he said, as he entered the field of play, he looked in the direction of Stephen Keshi 
and you know that gesture that we make when you want to tell somebody calm down you touch your chest and you stroke your hand across your chest that was towards your belly he said that Keshi did that to him and immediately he saw that he knew that he had somebody on the field who had his back you know and that also brings back a little bit the measure for Stephen Keshi for me he was a leader on and off the field that day Dimitri Didawal confirmed it as a player and when he provided the assist the first person that came to congratulate him was also captain Stephen Keshi that's the one game that I remember often and I was happy that I was there to see the game thank you right that was um Kule Yusuf voice note from Lagos talking about um the day Dimeji Lawa was introduced to the Lagos fans and um, the Super Eagles ended up beating Togo in that um, Nations Cup qualifier in 1990. I've got on the line with me um, a friend of the house, um, a very a proper Sulele boy, if we can describe him like that. And we have many experiences of going to watch the Super Eagles um, in Lagos, walking from Body Thomas. Uh, which was a stone through to the National Stadium at the time. Akin Audu, welcome to your Sports Memo podcast. This very special episode in partnership with Lagos State Sports Commission. So, um, Akin, welcome to your Sports Memo podcast. Thank you, Emeka. Honor to be here. Right. Um, I'm sure you have you have so many, so many, so many memories of watching the Super Eagles in Lagos. Which which ones? Can you which one stand out for you and why? Well, uh, my very first visit to my well, not my very first visit, the first occasion I watched um, the Super Eagles at the stadium was in October 1984. Uh, wow. For 1986, it was the 1986 World Cup qualifier against Liberia. Were you at that game? And uh, I was at that game. That was my first time of watching Eagles. Mm. in Lagos. I've been to stadium a few times, but that was the first time I went to see Eagles play. We won 3-0. Mm-hmm. I remember Clement Pendule scoring two goals. Wow. Um, I can't remember who got the third. Did Humphrey... them as well Eagles going for the 86 World Cup. Yeah, did Humphrey double score in that game? A, a double probably got the third, now that you mentioned. Because <laughs> this was very much that era. Yes. This was the double time, the mid 80s. Yes. The NMB connection. That's it. Of um, a double, Wosu, Omokaro. And, and of course, Keshi. And, and, and that whole crew. Mm. And um, I think at some point later on in that campaign, there was a some issues around discipline and they were bad yes. from the Eagles or yeah. the upset out of the Eagles and I think that was a key contributor to our failure to qualify for that World Cup in 1986 in 90s. Mm. but that was my first time watching the Eagles at the stadium and I, I remember I remember it all so that was memorable um, and you know the 80s were sort of real better years Nigeria was very good. We almost never lost at home after the fiasco against Nigeria in 1981. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't lose at home. We're generally very solid at home, but we didn't win the big prizes either. Yeah. Um, so I remember seeing 
A couple of us qualified for 86. I remember seeing in some of the Nations Cup qualifiers for 88 um, yeah. at, at home. Yep, 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 um, yep. A few of those games. Um, I remember being there for the Afaraji game, that tragedy, in August 1989. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we didn't realize, I didn't realize what had happened until much later in the day. Mm. Um, but I remember that even Keshi scored the winner that day. I think he was the header from the free kick. Yes. It was the one new game. And then the real golden era was the 90s under Westerhoff. Yep. And I if I if I were to if I were to recall the most memorable games for me then would have been the two games against Algeria and Cote d'Ivoire. In the final qualifying group at home, those, those after we lost those in Abidjan, those matches, my God! <laughs> yes, after we lost in Abidjan to Cote d'Ivoire, then we should never have lost, and we lost thanks to Santos' selfishness, for want of a better word. Um, we're one goal up, had a chance to make it two 0 We tried, he opted not to to pass to give Yakini an easy goal. He missed. And then we lost two late goals. So it made those two home games, back-to-back home games, very crucial. And we had to win those. And we won both we won both games 4-1. Mm. And the Algeria game being notable for, of course, as you highlighted elsewhere, Okocha's debut, I think. Yep. Certainly National Stadium debut. Mm-hmm. And um, goal, the important, I think it's called the equalizer after Tasfaoud. Yep. Had put Algeria ahead after three, four minutes or something. Yeah. And um, Yakini ended up grabbing two. I forget who grabbed the other goal. And then the Ivorian game, which when we started so terribly, Cote d'Ivoire must have run through on goal on three or four occasions. It was incredible. <laughs> it was incredible. Yeah. How, how In we. The first 20 minutes. How the game. How we managed to even um, go in front? It was, it was. Yeah. Uh, the Africans yeah. would probably kick themselves every time they watch that game. Absolutely, they had a guy. I think Tekubamba. Yep. Yep. It was. I seem to remember him tearing down on goal all the time <laughs> in the first few minutes. Um, Abdusule from Stores was playing too. Yep. Was playing right back. Yep. Abdusule was, was right back. And the, the, the defensive line was all over the place. They just kept beating the, the high line mm. and they were in. But we pulled ourselves together, we recovered. Um, I remember Mokachi scoring. Uh, Yakini got two. I think Amunike might have gotten one as well in that one. And those games, it wasn't that we played great. It was just this, the occasion that I remember in both cases. The, the tension was very high. Not just because of the football and the high stakes mm. of the outcome, because Nigeria had to win both games to make it to the first, to have a chance of making it to the first World Cup. But because of the situation in the country at the time. I was going to... The, the Algeria game. Absolutely. I was going to ask you about that. Um, the, mm-hmm. the tension leading to that Algeria game as you know I think it was the previous weekend that the June 12 elections were annulled 
it was the previous weekend yeah. that the elections had been annulled. Um, the yeah. the uh, nascent group at that time, Nadeko, had called for sit at yeah. home, um, sent out flyers. So, walking for you, you know, you were in um, because of where you lived, walking towards going to the stadium that day because I knew how it was for us coming all the way from Festac. We could feel the tension everywhere. Mm. Did you was it was it like that going towards walking towards stadium that day? Oh yes, there was uh, there was something in the air for sure. Um, there were helicopters overhead, um, uh, just circling around looking for trouble. They were very nervous about the game. I feel certain that if they could have, they would have postponed that game. Mm. Um, but there was no way. It was the FIFA calendar they were working on, and they had no choice. Um, and there were, you know, there was heavy police presence. And uh, the crowd was very staunchly pro Abiola. Yes. And I remember with the helicopter circling overhead and the policemen with their guns all over the place, the crowd now spontaneously broke into a chant of MKO. <laughs> Is our man, no? MKO. You know, all around the stadium. And it was, there was a sense that you could all kick off. Yeah. At yes, actually, that's it. That was Probably if we'd lost, it would have. <laughs> Precisely. This this is why this is why I, I said to somebody I remember even when I wrote about it. I remember when Tasfar scored, there was this pin drop silence all around mm. the stadium. Mm. And I remember saying to my brother who yeah. was sitting beside me and I don't envy these players. I don't. You know, no. And and you you have to remember that. You have to remember that. The last time Algeria came to the stadium, it was in the World Cup on Friday. It was 2-0, 12 us. years earlier. Yes. So that image still loomed large. Mm. <laughs> that memory was still there. Um, so that early goal, you know, only exacerbated those fears yeah. and those concerns. And JJ Equalizer was was critical. I- Absolutely. Was critical to calming the nerves down. Do you, you know, there's this, with this generation, because I was just thinking about it the other day that we've, I think there's been about two generations of Super Eagles players who ended up never playing in Lagos. With, with what you, with what, with what you know, with what you observe, do you think that the the that aura that playing in Lagos had at the time. Do you think that even when the national stadium is back, do you think that would ever return? It's a very good question, actually, and I hadn't really thought about it. Mm. Probably, possibly not. It's hard to say, right? Because. Yeah. First, what has happened to domestic football in Nigeria in general? Um, the the passion and I mean the zeal with which people followed domestic clubs and the national team in the country. I'm not sure it's still the same today. Yep, um, that's the a factor. accountability which those players had to had were had to be held. Mm. I mean the accountability that they were the standards they were held to completely different. These guys used to camp in Games Village, mm-hmm. which was down the road, until Westerhoff came and they started going to stay at Sheraton 
up until 1991, yeah. 1990, yeah. they used to stay at Games Village, which was off my street where I live. Mm. And, you know, it's a stone throw from the stadium. Everybody knew who they were. People saw them around. They were part of the community. Many of them still played for local clubs. Yeah. You know, it must, it's, it's very similar to how, you know, in Europe, supporters used to feel a community with their, a sense of community with their local club. Yeah. Because, you know, they were, they were full of local boys and they knew who they were. Mm. This was how the national teams were for many of us in Lagos. Especially in the area at the time, you saw them around. I had a chemist opposite my house. I always told you the story. And the players used to go there to get medicine for their aches and pains. Mm. And you'd run into them in the chemist, especially the junior national team players. So that intimacy, that atmosphere, that familiarity, that involvement and investment by everybody in the community. I don't know that you can replicate that when increasingly and this was already the case by the mid 90s anyway yeah um people are coming in uh from far away in terms of the the clubs the, the culture and the background some of them aren't parts have never even played in nigeria mm-hmm. even the fans themselves are not necessarily interested in the super eagles if super eagles lose they'll just support chelsea instead or something so you wonder whether that's alchemy that's mm. alchemy that's investment on both sides whether it still exists and in the absence of that whether going back to national stadium and playing those games can still generate the hysteria and uh, you know kind of passion that you used to and have that impact on the players that's, it's really an open question. It might require a completely different podcast, but I think it's something we might need to talk about because I, I, I was thinking I've been thinking about it for a while because because the 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 sense you get about the the what's it called the age bracket of the fans that will go to stadiums. The, 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 the impression you get is that they are more um, invested in European football than they are really in yeah, Nigerian yeah. football. Yeah, it's modern technology, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's cable TV. I mean, when when we used to go to the stadium, you went to the stadium in, in the 80s and the early 90s, it was, it was the whole day. Yep. You got there at noon. Yep. The game started at 4. <laughs> yeah. And you, 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 you had to wait when the game ended at six for people to leave the stadium so you wouldn't possibly get a and caught in the squeeze and robbed, by the way, yeah. while you were caught in the squeeze. Um, <laughs> so you would leave by about seven. When you get home, seven, seven thirty, the day was done. Hmm. You, you can't have that today. I don't imagine. Um, it's not, it's not, it's, it's not even advisable to be honest. You should sell the tickets beforehand and people show just before people, not have to get in early to ensure they don't get sick. But my point is, um, it's you know, with with time, with the pressures on time and the other alternative forms of entertainment and the other things competing for attention, football all over the world, 
Yeah, I think it's, it's just difficult. That investment is not there. And unfortunately, the national team hasn't been terribly successful of late. Mm. And it's a little ruthless, has become a little ruthless and rudderless of late in terms of, you know, identity. By which I mean not even just that, you know, you have players from everywhere who are not as locally connected as in the past, but more to the point, the, the national team doesn't have a home anymore. Yeah, that's, speaking. that's bad. Um, and I think I think that's a mistake, really. This, mm. this idea of them playing anywhere and everywhere, I think the national team should always, I think, in a, should, should have a home. Um, the English have Wembley. To be fair, the Spaniards also do something like what we've been doing in recent times, which is have the national team play at different grounds. But I think we might have overdone it a bit. So I think a certain something has been lost. Mm. And I don't know that you can get it back. That's you the know, thing. That's the thing. It's like, it is. It's very. It's something like that is really hard to get back. It's really. It's really hard yeah. to get back. But yeah. but I guess you. Yeah. You, even as it is now, you're probably pleased that at least they're back in Lagos. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's great. I, I, I always thought it was absurd that we would condemn the national stadium to a decrepitude that has been inflicted on it over time. So willfully, nobody does that. Nobody does that. Nigeria is a young nation. The National Stadium was built and opened in December 1972. That's it. Um, it, it, it should have been the home of our national team. Um, and we should, you know, those memories, those that history should have been preserved and maintained. And it should have been built up into a place, you know, almost a mythical status, a place, you know, of, of, well, in football terms, almost worship, really. Yeah. And we threw that away for no good reason, um, beyond uh, sort of unwillingness to maintain things or understand the value of of, of history and of a legacy. Yeah. So I think it's good that they're coming back to Lagos. I think I think that's positive. And let's see how it goes. But yeah, I think I think it's just just for the sake of the memories and you forgive <laughs> me for being a little nostalgic. And um, for the excitement and pleasure and um, um, hold that the national team once held on the on the city's imagination and the country's imagination, yeah. I think it's great that they're back at the stadium. No offense to the other to the other centers and the other stadiums where they've played, or the other stadia where they've played, mm. but the national stadium is the home of the Super Eagles it should be and it's good to to have them back there's nothing quite like it fantastic listen Aki thank you so thank you so very much for coming on this Super Eagles back in Lagos special episode of your sports memo podcast in partnership with Lagos State Sports Commission thank you very very much my pleasure, Mecca, and keep up the good work. Thank you. Yes, you're still on to this Super Eagles Back in Lagos special 
of um, your Sports Memo podcast in partnership with the Lagos State Sports Commission. From Akindaudu to another Suruleri Lagos boy, as I described him, is my friend here, um, Fela Bankolimo. Many of you know Fela. He used to be the essay to um, Akin Wumi Ambody's uh, tenure as governor of Lagos State. Fela, please welcome to your Sports Memo podcast. It's great to be with you, Alameda. Nice, nice to be on, on. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. Right, well, the Super Eagles are back in Lagos. How how does that make you feel when you think about that? I've been shocking that they've been away for so long. Unbelievable. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, for people like you and I, growing up, you know, Super Eagles only played in one place, and that was the Lagos and National Absolutely. Lagos, you know? So, um, and I, I remember those things in school. I used to leave Ife, come all the way to where the Super Eagles in Lagos. I mean, you couldn't, the Super Eagles stopped playing Lagos and would not watch them. No, so it's really shocking that it's taking them so long. But it's good to have them back in Lagos. Fantastic. Listen, do you, what, what, what memories, what, you, you talk about leaving Ife to come and watch Super Eagles in Lagos. Which, which memories, which games stand out, stand out for you? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, which one, I mean, which one doesn't stand out? You know, you know the nice things for the Super Eagles for all of us, especially in those days. You know, we had never qualified for the World Cup before. Mm. You know, so it was, it was it was a tough period before night before our first World Cup. So I think the World Cup qualifiers then, you know, that that period of the Super Eagles coming to the World Cup was was, was key. It was I mean lots of matches. I I am but if you leave that, I, I remember the match against was it Cameroon that we played that we lost. Was I in Lagos to get? I can't even remember it. Oh. I'm missing all the matches together. So, so much time. But, I mean, so many matches. Mm. But if you ask me what, what comes to my mind again, I, I mean, it's Thursday's when we go to National Stadium. And if, if Super Eagles were leading by two goals to nothing, and I should be a kid on that pitch. You know, it was going to score at least two goals. But that game was going to end four wins. You know, so <laughs> you knew would score a minimum of two goals in National Stadium. That was the standard for us then. Yeah, I was, saying, I was saying earlier in the show that. Um, I remember how um, I'll come from Festac. We'll get, we'll get, um, I'll get, I'll get a bus from um, Maltu to Odile. Then from Odile, as long as I can get to um, near near breweries, we'll walk the rest. We'll just, okay. we'll just walk, yes, yes, we'll just, we'll just walk the walk. rest. And there'll be, there'll be thousands, thousands walking that same no, route. You know, I used to tell people that I was telling my kids recently, like, you know, in those days, the Super Eagles are playing at 4 p.m. Mm. We leave our house at 7 a.m. <laughs> you know, you get to the, you get to the, you get to the stadium, you are seated by, you are there from 9 to 4 p.m. And he said, like, Daddy, what are you guys doing? <laughs> so we're just talking under the sun, enjoying ourselves, hearing the latest things and the rumors about what's happening in calm. Yes. You know, but everybody, the excitement was building. And every hour the stadium got fuller and fuller and fuller. You know, I don't know if you still have that level of passion for the Super Eagles. I, 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 I don't know if you still have that level of passion for the Super Eagles that is, we have then. You know what? It was a great time. It's incredible that this is exactly what you've just said about how early we get to the stadium. This was what Akin was saying just a few minutes ago also. That wow. you get to wow. you get wow. to the stadium that early and all of that. And also you the, the same thing you just mentioned about um 
whether it is possible to get that passion again is another thing. Well, I, I said to him, because I was thinking about it, I was thinking about it that um, the, the Super Eagles have lost at least two generations that never got to play in Lagos. Now, do you even think that it's possible for us to to get that kind of passion for the Super Eagles, even if they start to play in Lagos, because you know, you know, even the 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 demographics of the fans who follow football now has changed. Yes, changed. Has changed. Yeah, I, I think primarily. I mean, I think I, I, I actually feel that the Super Eagles were always main part of Nigeria, and the success will get you more fans. And mm. Mm. But I think that the, the, the demographic has changed, and then the football itself has changed. In the 90s, you know, we didn't have access to the level of club football that we have now. Mm. So the followership of European club football was not this passionate. I mean, you remember those things, I mean, we, we barely saw um, European football on TV. Yeah. We started having that in the 90s, when, yeah. when we had satellites. That's when I remember, um, my first cable match, I remember I watched on, on TV in the 90s. It was an Ajax match, it was Dutch football, and that's why it took to be my two favorite clubs, the Barcelona and Ajax. It is because true. I remember that day, uh, I would just, it was, my father got the cable. Yeah, Eurosport and Screen Sports. We were watching football. Mm. Yeah, and they just showed, I just saw one team in white and red, and they won 6 0, and I just liked them. You know, mm. you know look at it today. You see, people are passionate about their club, local club sites. In those days, I was, you and I were passionate about local club sites. Yes. Stationary stores was my passion. Mm. You know, so it was stationary stores. I used to go and watch That's a uh, maybe success will change that. Um, a fantastic World Cup won, win a number of Nations Cup. People still like it. But I, I don't think that level of, I don't know, I might be wrong, but mm. I don't think that level of passion exists for the Super Eagles any longer. I mean, I remember the Super Eagles losing, losing the semi-finals of the 1992 Nations Cup, Senegal 92, yes. against Ghana. Yes. I can't forget Abedi Pele's headed goal into the net. Yes. I was crying that day. I, 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 I walked the streets of Boitomos. I walked the whole street and I was crying. The last qualification match is before Nigeria, Nigeria or Jura. You recall that yes. we watched that match yes. together in Akita. Yes. The night before, Aki and I could not sleep. The tension. We could not sleep. The tension. Aki, Aki left his house around 12 midnight, came to my balcony, called my name, Fela, Fela. I said, Aki, oh, so is this for me? I have not slept. <laughs> we were talking to 1 2 a.m. We could not sleep. Yeah, so I, I, I mean, you know, so I don't know. Can that passion come back to that level of passion? I think it would package the Super Eagles well. I maybe, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure we talk. But yeah, this is so funny. Yo. This is precisely what uh, Aki was saying. He he he's also of the opinion that that because of time and because of the the competition for for attention, yeah. it's it yeah. will be it will yeah. be it will be hard. But that is that also does yeah. not excuse um, the fact that it's taking this long for the Super Eagles to be to be back in Lagos. I I, I think I, like I said to him, this this is going to be a probably different blo- um, 
podcast entirely where we can discuss um fully the the minutiae details of uh, this passion for yeah. the the super eagles yeah. the national team if he can if he can return because we yeah. need it I think one of the biggest mistakes the handlers of that super eagles have failed to understand is Lagos. Lagos I mean, I, I, I'm for moving the super eagles around once in a while, mm. but they must have a home base. Yes, they must have a home base, and because of Lagos, of the numbers and the diversity of Lagos, mm-hmm. um, and the, the mix in Lagos. Yes, you know, I, I think I don't think any part of the, this country can match that. I might be wrong, you know, but that's why I feel strongly. Listen, the Super Eagles, the, Ni- the Nigerian national team, the Super Eagles is the most successful football national team in Africa. I think we've won practically, we're the only national team that's national team, the Nigerian national team that has won practically every tournament in Africa. The female national, the female football, um, female nations cup, the male nations cup, on that 20, on that 16, on that every, practically every tournament. I think the only one we've not won now is the World Cup competition. I don't think we won the World Cup competition that we started in late. No, we haven't. We haven't won World Cup. All that competition we've won is no other national team in Africa can say that. We are the, we are simply the biggest football brand in Africa, bar none. Hmm. We're not, I don't think we're packaging and carrying the players like that. Let me ask you this. Which Super Eagles player are we deliberately marketing to be the face of the Super Eagles in Nigeria? Which one? That's a very good question. I don't think we. I don't. Effort to do that. I don't think we. I don't think, especially the 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 deliberate part of it. I don't think we're doing that with any player at all. You must you must let these players connect with the fans. Mm. It's deliberate. The super the panelists of super who say, you know what, these are the three, four players that we, we feel people like. Mm. And on social media they're engaging, they are doing Q and A's with them, we are engaging people, they are, they are, when they when they come to the country, they are doing a meet the press, meet the fans. It's deliberate. Mm. Mm. You know? But I don't think we're doing that. So if you're not doing that, you're losing a huge demographic that doesn't connect with the super eagles. Connected with their with their with their Cup side. Wow, yeah, you're absolutely spot on on all of this. We, I have, I, I, I belong to some um, African um, football group, and I did say that one of the okay. that I have this feel, I have this fear that um, the continent, especially sub-Saharan Africa, has lost or is losing a huge chunk of probably two generations to European football that people are yeah. just people this yeah yeah they're just more interested in them um, in they don't care about the Super Eagles family I mean if you ask them like, listen listen Emeka football is emotional mm. it's about emotions that's why football is so powerful yeah. I've heard some people compared with religion because it's your emotion. Yes. Your, your football club loses a match and it, and, it, and you're sad. Yep. And you wake up the next morning, there's something wrong with you. You can't say, oh, we didn't play well. And it affects you. <laughs> I mean, I don't think, if you ask, how many people have that kind of emotional connection with Super Eagles any longer? That's true. I mean, you remember in the 90s, I mean, if Super Eagles lost a match, we would cry. We would eat. We couldn't sleep. <laughs> I, I, I... You know, so so I think I, you know I, you see that means okay. 
But like I said before, I don't think we are, I think we can do better with we handling the super egos. Mm. Will we handle them? Will we sell the brand? Will we connect it with our people? Yeah. The way we sell the people, sell the individual brands. Mm. Even look at our female national team, for example. I mean, that is that's the most successful female national team in the history of Africa. But we, we, I don't think we're packaging them. Like we treat them with disdain, in fact. No, we, I mean, we, I mean, so I mean, so there's some basic things we shouldn't do any longer. Mm. And it's shocking for me, you know. I mean, you and I have been watching football. We've been part of this football um, for, I mean, since we could remember. And there's some basic things that you see that happen in our football. You ask yourself, I mean, I look at how old I am now. I've been hearing this thing for the past 20, 25, 30 years. Well, what, what is going on? But I'm going to solve this thing before them. <sighs> but I, we'll do this in a different pod. I, I think we have to do that in a completely different pod and have. Um, um Aki and then one other person and then we'll do that a different pod. So no, but yes. Um thank you so very much for your for for coming on this particular episode. Um a proper Surulari, a proper Lagos boy who's known who's who's who does all that all that work that work to the national stadium because you know that yeah, super yeah, egos yeah, are in town. Good. But Fantastic. it's good that they are back in Lagos again. Thank you, fella. Thank you so very much. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. And so, there we have it. Um, it's been a fascinating time with um, Tony Bitoye, Akida Hotu, Kule Yusuf, and uh, just back there, Fela Bankulimo. I, I think I did say I had a few um, other experiences. There's one I remember, I think it was July july 1991 we we had just arrived in nigeria the night before um, from the uh, world university games of of 91 in sheffield england we were asked to come to um the stadium i think it, no we were asked to come somewhere in Sulere to come and pick up our passports before we'll be released by um the our administrators who were in charge of the Boy University Games contingent. So I arrived we arrived that morning and then they were given our passports and we were given uh, money and then we were asked if we wanted to watch the Nigeria Burkina Faso um, last Senegal night to qualifier. And those of us who were agreed were taken to the the um, the VIP area of the national stadium it was the first time i was sitting in that in that area we didn't even buy tickets we were just the nff then nfa protocol team just took us into the vip section which was where we sat um, for the game i remember we were sitting there um the super eagles came out to warm up there was um huge clamor for uh what's the ruben abuela and Abuela came out. There was a huge clamor for him, and all of that. And he too, he too was um, responding to the clamor when the teams were warming up. So there you go. They finished the warm up. They go back inside, and we sat. We were waiting for them to come out. <sighs> Nobody. You know the, the signs you get at the stadium when um, when the team is about to come out. The ball boys come out first and run into different directions and the crowd is whipped up into a frenzy. No ball boys. 
Nobody was coming out. But wondering what was going on. So eventually, um, after about nearly an hour, I think it is about 35-45 minute delay, um, the ball boys came out and everybody jumped and celebrated and all that. And then these the super Eagles players came out in this humongous shorts they were wearing and it looked instantly we just knew something was wrong and I, I, I remember it is that game is famous for those shots that came out of their tracksuit bottoms uh, and then also for Fini DeJoy's full debut for um, the full team and Rashidi Yekini scoring four goals but that that was a very it was a very strange day, a strange game. Good game in the end. But you see, nowadays when I watch, when I watch clips from that that time, what always strikes me is how poor the playing surface was. Playing surface was atrocious, really. Is. But I am certain that the playing surface back in Lagos at the um, Lagos State Sports Commission would have made available for. The Super Eagles will be top notch. I've seen videos of it, and it will be top notch. It'll be, it'll be at the level that these are players mostly based in Europe would will be absolutely used to. Right. I hope you've enjoyed this edition, this special episode of your Sports Memo Podcast, in partnership with Lagos State um, Sports Commission. It's a Super Eagles back in Lagos special. I was hoping to get the um, executive chairman of the commission, um, Shola Ikweku, who I, he and I went to watch Super Eagles a lot in Lagos when we were younger. So I was hoping to get him on the show, but he couldn't make it because preparing to host the Super Eagles is not easy. So um, he sends his apologies and that's why he was not able to make it. But I hope you enjoyed it. My name is Calvin Mekomuka and it's been my privilege to to bring this special episode in partnership with Lagos State Sports Commission to you. If you enjoyed it, please share there and then you'll find our all our other episodes also there. Once again, thank you. My name is Calvin Mekomuka. <laughs>